0: Come on, a little bit more. Can y'all offer up a praise to that name, Jesus? Come on. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess. That name heals all. Thank you, Lord. Father, I'm overwhelmed. When I think about the name of Jesus Christ. Because your word tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee will bow at our savior. Every knee will bow at our king. Father, how privileged we are that we we get to corporately call on that name. We ain't gotta privately do it. We ain't gotta do it in a closet, but we can open up our mouths and proclaim in the name of Jesus. I'm grateful. So Father, even as that name is being proclaimed here, would you work on the hearts of your people in this room? Somebody in here does not know you. So Father, I pray, oh God, that that name would heal I'm talking spiritual healing. That name would deliver, deliver us out of darkness into the marvelous light. So Father, I thank you. May we not get it twisted. We're not here to see each other. But we're here to worship the name of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. I let everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated. Man, Grace and peace to everybody. I know some of you are like, what are y'all doing? Uh, but we are just worshiping the name of our savior, our king, not just king, the king of kings, not just our Lord, but the Lord of lords it's who we are worshiping today. I, I love, I love, I love gathering with God's people. When, when I was a kid, church I used to go to every Sunday. My, my mother played the piano for the choir and every Sunday the, the choir would sing the exact same song in the, in the beginning of service. Glad to be in the service. Glad to be in the service. Glad to be in the service one more time. Y'all know the rest. He didn't have to let me live. He didn't have to let me live, but I'm glad to be in the service one more time. And I don't know about you, but you should look at your neighbor and just say, I'm glad to see you today. Come on, they wasn't feeling you. Somebody else, tell them, I'm glad to be here with you today. Amen. Well, let's get to work. If you can guys do me a favor, grab your Bibles, meet me in Psalms chapter 113. Psalms 113, Ty is back with us today, y'all. Man, glad to have my boo back in church. Hey, man, I told her she can only come to one service, so she got to dip right out afterwards, but I'm glad to have her here. It's, we've been praying for her recovery, and some of you that don't know, she uh, has gone through two surgeries in the last uh, three and a half weeks, and so it's good to have her here and see her recovering and have you guys hug on her and, and, and uh, tell her you love her. So thankful for that. Uh, let's get to work. Psalm 113. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are still trying to get there, just say, hold up, bruh. Hold up. See, y'all not spiritual. Y'all that's still flipping around. Now, Psalm 113. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to jump in. Y'all, y'all just got to catch up. All right. Verse one. Praise the Lord. Praise O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? Says he rises, he raises the poor from the dust. And lifts up the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. I love how this ends. Praise the Lord. I simply want to preach this afternoon from the topic entitled Praise to a Great God. Let us look to the Lord before we dig in. Father, this morning, we or this afternoon, we, we really are dependent on you. We really do need you. This is the moment. This is why we gather. We, we we gather to worship you through song. We gather to worship you through the preaching of the gospel. And of course, we gather to worship to remember what you've done uh, through communion. And So, Father, w- would you bless this moment? I need you. I cannot preach without Your spirit being present, we can't hear without your spirit being present. So, Father, get at all of us. I love Hebrews 4.12, that the word of God is is active and it's alive and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. So, Father, I'm grateful that the word of God is able to cut us up, but that it's also able to mend us back together. So, Father, would you do that through the preaching of Christ? In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Praise to a great God. One of the first uh, prayers I learned was probably the same prayer that you learned. Uh, And if you you know it, say it with me. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for this food. Amen. (laughs) So we all learned that mealtime prayer. Right. But there was something so there's something so profound in that prayer that stuck with me. I learned as a young boy that God is great. I learned as a young boy that God is massive and that he is above us and that we can't you can't even fathom His thoughts. But even though most of it, most of us in this room would agree that God is great. There are some that do not believe that God is great. I read a book years ago and I don't I don't recommend you guys read it. But I I read a book years ago by a guy named Christopher Hutchins. And the book is called God is not great. And if you look at the title of the book, it literally has a lowercase g when it talks about God. He was an atheist. He did not believe God, But he went so far as to say, if you did believe in God, those of you who do are actually harmful to society because he says many of the wars that broke out, broke out because of religion. In fact, his subtitle was how religion poisons everything. But even though I do not agree with Christopher Hutchins, I still believe what I learned as a little boy when I was about to eat a meal saying God is great. I still believe that God is great. Is everybody in this room that still believes that that God is great? God is massive. God is big. Well, the passage before Psalms 113 affirms this idea that God is great, but it does not just the psalmist, which we don't know who the writer is. The psalmist does not just say that God is great. The psalmist goes so far as to say a great God deserves a great praise. In fact, look at how he opens up verse one. He opens up verse one by saying, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I don't know if you've picked up the redundancy in verse one, verse one, three times in three different ways, says praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. O servants. And he says, praise the name of the Lord. You do not have to be a rocket scientist to understand what is the theme of Psalms 113 kicks off in verse one. Praising the Lord. In fact, there's two book end statements on Psalms 113. It opens up with this idea of three words. Praise the Lord. But look how it ends in verse nine. The last part of verse nine. Praise the Lord. So, so it's, it's almost like my, my books on the bookshelf. They just can't stand up by themselves. But if I have two bookends that hold it together. The, the, Psalms one thing, 113 holds together because of these bookend statements. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and so what you see here is this call to praise the Lord. And it is not just in Psalms 113. Read the rest of Psalms like starting Psalms 100. And go all the way to Psalms 150. I promise you, if you don't, if you're not a praiser, by the time you end the book of Psalms, you will become one. Because one of the things Psalms uh, Psalms teaches us is that we should praise the Lord. Let me put a little Bible here. Psalms 150, verse 5. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Psalms 117, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us and faithfulness. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. There is a melodic line that runs through the book of Psalms. And there is a melodic line that runs through Psalms 113. And it is a call for us to praise the Lord. Now, the Old Testament is written in a language called Hebrew. And in Hebrew, this word praise literally means halal. Somebody say halal. Halal. You are now Hebrew experts. (laughs) Halal, Halal literally means no kidding. It literally means praise boasting, but it also can mean crazy or madness. Now, now here's what I found out when I read the Psalms. Most of the psalmists call us to sing loud. They call us to use instruments in our praise to the Lord. They call, I know some of y'all came in today and was like, man, the music's just too loud. Did, you know, this Jeremiah is jumping all around with skinny pants, skinny jeans on. Like, this is just too much for me. But when you read through Psalms, I'm sorry, Jeremiah. When you read through the book of Psalms, Over and over again, it calls us to praise the Lord. But here's what I found out. Sometimes praising the Lord looks crazy. Let me go a little bit further. You should look crazy in praising the Lord. Years ago, years ago, I, I had the privilege of preaching at... The Dallas Cowboy uh, chapel service. So a chapel service, every, you know, all of the NFL teams, they have chapel service because the players typically can't, you know, on Sundays they're playing games in the NFL, so they, they, need, they need to bring church to them. So I went to the hotel where they were staying, and uh, they, it was when I was living in Philly, and I went to the hotel where they were staying, and I did a chapel service, and after the chapel service, my son was there, we, uh, we ate a pregame meal with them, and after the pregame meal, they gave us tickets. Now, they weren't good tickets. We were at the top, but it's all good. <laughs> And we, we sitting at the top. Now, one of the things I, I noticed when I was there, now it was 18 degrees outside. I mean, y'all thought it was cold today. It was freezing cold. But I saw worship there because when I got there, there were dudes with no shirts on. They were painted all up. They got, in fact, when the Eagles would score, I don't know if y'all ever seen this, they would sing this song, Fly Eagles Fly. And the guys would, somebody's a Philly fan over here. The the guys would get on the tippy top and the ledge and they would start going like this and flying. And I'm sitting back going, that's worship. That's that's halal right there. I'm looking at it like it's crazy. But here's what's crazy. We can worship a 20 year old boy catching a ball, but we come in here and we get quiet. You come in here and we look at everybody else saying that's too much. Yet we paint ourselves up to go. To the NFL game. Halal is what the the Bible is saying. Yes, you should praise the Lord. Yes, you should boast in the name of the Lord, but you should do it in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. If you're too comfortable in your praise, you're not doing it right. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. And I know some of y'all are like, Pastor, I heard you told me you got a Pentecostal background. So you it's a little easier for you. And, you know, that's just not my disposition. That's just not, not not how I. But when you start to think about how good God has been. It should start to birth It should start to birth a praise in you. And so verse one tells us that you should praise the Lord. But verse two tells us when we should praise the Lord. Look at verse two. It says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, when? From this time forth and forevermore. In other words, there's never a moment that you shouldn't be praising the Lord. But but what we do is we let our circumstances sway our praise. Some of y'all came in here with a, you had a hard day. Some of y'all came in here, you had a hard week, and you can't fathom you coming in here praising the Lord because you feel like the Lord ain't been good to you because you've been going through trials and tribulations. But when I read this, there's never a season where I shouldn't praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what is going on in my life. Because when I read this, it says that praise is perpetual. It's never ending. It's never changing. Circumstances don't sway our praise. You see, there's two types of people. There's a, there's a group that can only praise God when things are going well. You got to have everything lined up for you. But then there's, a, there's another group that, that don't, you, you don't need like money in the bank. You ain't need the relationship to be intact. You you don't need the health to be all together. All you got to do is think back to some stuff that God had done for you. And it's your birth of praise. The Bible says, tells us to praise the Lord. Verse 1, it tells us that we should praise the Lord. In fact, it's redundant. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Verse 2 tells us when we should praise the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Verse 3 tells us where we should praise the Lord. And I know it feels like we're doing the electric slide and going real quick through this. It don't take all day for us to talk about praising the Lord. Either you got it or you don't. We got to figure out where we land here. here. Here's what verse three says. It says, where should we praise the Lord? From the rising of the sun to the setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Now, if we're not careful, we can confuse verse three with verse two. And we can think because he's talking about Where we should praise the Lord, uh, our time, when we should praise the Lord in verse two, that verse three is talking about time as well. But it's not because we think rising of the sun setting. We think time. We think that's how we get our hours. But in reality, what this verse is saying is not time. It's saying location because the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. So in other words, from east to west is where you should praise the Lord. Nowhere. There's not a place on earth that you can't praise God. You can be in the middle of the woods with nobody around you and offer up a praise to God. Or you can be in the middle of Midtown with nine million people around you and offer up a praise to God. And real praisers like real praisers don't just have to praise God on Sunday mornings. You ever been at your work, at, at, your, at your job and you were sitting at your desk and, and something just came up in you and you had to go to the bathroom and have a praise break? See. You ain't, you ain't live long enough until you praise God in the bathroom. You, 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 ever, you ever been driving and you start to think about God's goodness? You had to pull the car over and praise the Lord? I, I, okay, here's a real praiser. You ever been cleaning up in your house and you start to think about God's goodness and you vacuuming and you praising God at the same time? See, some of y'all, what you need to do, if you can't get there, what you need is you need to put on some Fred Hammond. I'm just saying, y'all can say what you want. You, you need put a little Chris Tomlin, a little Travis Green. See, y'all got Cardi B bumping while y'all, while y'all cleaning. And you can't, or you can't conjure up a praise Listen to Cardi B. What you need is some worship. You need to praise God at any time, anywhere. There's nowhere I can't offer praise to God. And so verse one tells us that we should praise God. Verse two tells us when we should praise God. But verse three tells us where we should praise God. Now, many of you sitting here are already sitting there going, you know what, Uh, Pastor B, I understand you keep saying that we should praise God. You're telling us where we should praise him in the time and frame, but you haven't told me why I should praise God. Like, why should I praise God? Here's what I love. Verse four through seven, actually four through nine is going to tell you why you should praise God. Look at verse number four with me. I love this. Verse four. The Lord is high above all the nations and, the, and his glory above the heavens. I love this. Who is like our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and on the earth? Like, like, let, look, I, I'm, you, I'm feeling you, bro. Give me some of that. What, that right there, that's what you call an amen corner. You need that. That's your father destiny. My Lord. I love it. So, so if you're sitting in here and you're going, OK, why? Why should I praise God? Verse four through seven just told me you should praise him because of how big he is, because of how massive he is. And, and there's a word. Write this down. How transcendent he is. God is not your homeboy. God is God is not like you. I mean, listen to me. God is so great and so massive and so big that he's high above us. And if you want to understand how high he is, his transcendence is wrapped up in the first four words of verse four. The Lord is high. But where is he high? He's high above the nations. he's, He's high. His glory is above the heavens. See him being higher than the nations. Here's why I don't get nervous in the midterm elections. See, here's why I don't get nervous with who's in office. Because when I read Psalms 113, I see that his glory is above the earth. It's above the nations. You know, if, if all of, the, if all of the, 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 the strongest militaries in the world came together and, and they said, like, our military is strong. with Donald Trump called Vladimir Putin, we That, that is possible. He calls Vladimir Putin and and, and then he calls Kim Jong-un and they got strong militaries and they got nuclear weapons and they all come together and say, we're going to wage war against the heavens. You realize that the heavens would laugh (laughs) like you. Okay, you don't believe me. Go to Psalms two with me real quick. Go to Psalms chapter two, because this actually was tried. Look at this. Psalm chapter two. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth. Look at what they do. Set themselves against the rulers and takes counsel against the Lord. Okay, they set themselves against the Lord and his anointed talking about Christ. Look at what they say. Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords. Watch this. But he who is in the heavens laughs like I don't care what the nation is. I don't care if they have great leadership, strong military, great generals, great commander. At the end of the day, the Lord is above the nations. Here's why you should praise him, because he's above not just the earth, not just the nations. And the Bible doesn't even say his glory is in the heavens. It says above the heavens. Like you can't even like fathom that you can't even fathom where the heavens are. You don't have a location that you can point and say, there's the heavens. The the furthest thing you can do is look up at the galaxy. But like I understand, like the moon and the, the stars and the sun, his glory is above that. You couldn't get to the moon right now if you wanted to. You couldn't touch this ceiling right now if you wanted to. But God is able not to just look down. Like he says, the Bible in NIV says he stoops down on the heavens. And he stoops down on the earth. The place that you have to get a specialized telescope to look at the moon. God doesn't just he's not just there. He has to stoop down to get to that. How massive our savior is. Now, we could read this and we could walk away and say, man, that's just too big for me. Like he he's so this transcendence. He's above me. He's so he's so big that I can't get close to him. Not so, because even in his transcendence. He became imminent, not intimate, imminent. Imminent means that a big God is able to get close to you. You want to know how he got close to you? Through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Because on the cross, Jesus Christ, He took on full human nature. Like all of the glory of God was packed into Jesus. And he became imminent to you. He became close to us, he walked with us. So the Bible says that this God is transcendent, but he's also close. Write this down. John 1.14. the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love that in the Message Bible. Message Bible says he moved in the neighborhood. You wanna, it, I, it does. You know that Message Bible would be almost close to cursing. I'd be like, I don't. But it's good on, on John 1.14. The Bible says that the flesh, that, that God, the word became flesh and he moved in the neighborhood. This is how imminent God is. It's the hypostatic union, 100 percent God, 100 percent man. Like he's not 50 percent God and 50 percent man. He's 100. You know that 100 little red check on your your phone? That's God. That's Christ. He's 100 percent God, 100 percent man, which shows me that the God that is massive, the one that has to stoop down on the on the earth and stoop down on the heavens, put flesh on came to de- see that's what makes the cross so dope that what makes the cross so dope is the one that created the son that you can't get close to got up on a cross for you that's what makes jesus so dope and so the bible says you want to know why you should praise him praise him number one because he's massive he's big he's beyond your comprehension you can't figure god out that's number one reason why you should praise him but in his observation bible says he stoops down back in the text, stoops down on the earth. And he stoops down in the heavens and he stoops down on the earth, but he does not do so in passive observation. He does so in active mercy. Why? Because verse seven says this, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. says to make them sit with princes and with princes uh, of his people, he gives the barren woman, a home, making her the joyous mother of children. I love how it ends. Praise the Lord. Let me lift up verse 7 again. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. This great and massive God, which is beyond your comprehension, decided that he would come down and lift our poor butts from the dust. Like, I, I know you're sitting there. See, the reason you're not praising God is because you don't think you're that dirty. You you just don't. You don't think you that messy. And this isn't talking, this isn't talking a physical uh, poverty. It's talking a spiritual one. It's not talking physical dirt, a spiritual dirt. And you got to understand something about Christ. Christ came down to get dirty so that he could present you as clean. Bible says he reaches down and he takes the poor and he brings them up out of the ash heap. You ever pick somebody up from the dirt? Years ago, man, when I was a kid, my, my mother bought me some fresh new British Knights. Y'all don't know nothing about BKs. Y'all way too young. She bought me some. See, y'all Googling B, BKs, what is British Knights? My mother bought me some, some fre- a fresh pair of black and white uh, uh, British Knights, and I was coming home from school. It was raining. I was with my friends, and I was trying to stay on the sidewalk. Y'all know when you get new sneakers, you just walk different. You, know, you, just, you don't want to crease them, so you kind of just... So I'm walking on the sidewalk and I'm like, I'm not gonna get in the grass. I'm not gonna get in the mud because if I do that, I'm gonna get them dirty. So I'm gonna just stay on the sidewalk, stay on the sidewalk. My friend trips over and he falls, and I go to grab him. And he falls in the mud, and as I help him back up, I realize all of the mud that was on him transferred onto me. It is impossible to steep down to lift someone up from the ash heap and lift someone up from the dust and you not get dirty. But, but that's why I love Jesus because Jesus wasn't afraid to lift you up, take all of your dirt, take all of your shame, take all of your dysfunction and present you as though you never fell. This is a of God we serve. And I know you're sitting there like, OK, is, is Jesus, you know, the Bible says in Colossians chapter one, verse 15, that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. And so when I read this text, what it's telling me is that this massive, great, big God deserves a praise because he does not just stoop down and look at y'all like we all foolish. What are y'all doing? Why like they burning stuff in the first service trying to baptize people <laughs> like that's not how God looks down. He looks down. He sees his children in need and he swoops down. He picks you up, and those of you who have trusted in Jesus, listen. We're talking about praising the Lord. This is a good moment for you to praise the Lord, because we're talking about how He lifts our, our, our dysfunction out of the dirt and smears it all over Himself. He does it so that you can be presented as clean. Okay, let me put Bible here. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. I'm almost done. For, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, watch this, yet for your sake became poor so that in his poverty you might become rich. Like, can you imagine that the one who sits in the heavens and is being worshipped by angels swinging around and they got one hook? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Like Isaiah talks about how they cover their eyes with two wings and they cover their feet. Why do they cover their eyes? Because they cannot look directly at the holiness of God. But the other two wings, they cover their feet. Why do they cover their feet? Because nothing unclean can be in his presence. And the other two wings, they just fly around and say, holy, holy. That God decided to get on a cross to die for you. So that you can be presented without any dirt. Now, this is a real word for somebody because somebody came in here and you genuinely feel dirty. That this week has been like, and I'm not talking your actions. I'm talking your thoughts. Like, for, you know, because that's what we do. We be like, man, I'm not that bad because I didn't do this and I didn't do that. But what did you think? Like, if we took y'all, if we took all of your thoughts, every one of them and put them up on these screens, what would you think? What would we think? Because here, here's what I know about our thoughts. Our thoughts are filthy. Our thoughts are perverted. But God is able to save you despite that. Now, don't stay there, but he saves you despite that. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My God, this is why we worship this great God, because Isaiah 1 verse 18 will say that though our sins are like scarlet, he's able to wash you whiter than snow. Like understand that the dirt that you were in should not be washed off, but it took one drop of his blood. Like you didn't need one drop of his blood washed away all of your sin. You're trying to figure out why you should praise God because he saved you. Why should you praise God? Because he does not have to come down to lift you out of the dust. And that's why we should praise God. Every head bow and every eye closed. Some of you in here. You don't know where you stand with the Lord. Can we like, let's not play games. We ain't got all day. We got another service. We, ain't, we just not. Let's not play with this. Some of you know, some of you know that you do not know the Lord. And in the midst of not knowing the Lord, you don't know where you stand with the Lord. You just don't know you. You 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 came in here and you're like, you know what? I'm a good person. But God doesn't require good. He requires perfection. Like, like, please let that sit for a second, that the God of the universe requires that you be perfect. Most of us in this room know that we're not. As We talked about the dirt that is on us. We know that if we're presented based on our own merit, if we're presented based on our own righteousness, we're not accepted because we're dirty. Just like those, an angel cannot look at the holiness of God. And no sin can be in God's presence. An angel has to cover their feet. Why do we think we can mosey into the presence of God with all of our sin and our shame? Here's the only way we get to mosey in the presence of God. With the righteousness of Christ. When he looks at you, he has to see his son. And if you don't know Jesus, he doesn't see his son. He sees the dirt. Now, don't be ashamed because every single one of us needed to be lifted up from the dirt. There's not a person in here that was born clean. Remember David's words in Psalm 51 where he says, behold, I was born in sin. I was shaping in iniquity. It was over before it started. But Jesus comes to redeem us, he comes to save us. And those of you in this room that don't know Jesus, I want to offer that to you today. I don't have any magic pill. I don't have anything that I can say. The only thing I can present to you is the good news of the gospel. It's so simple. We are sinful people. God is a holy God that demands us to be perfect. And we get that in Jesus because the moment we believe in him, he took our sin but gave you his righteousness. If you don't know Jesus in here, please don't leave today without knowing him. See you crying. I see you crying. And I'm convinced that some of you in this room, whether you've been here for 10 years or you've been here for the three years we've been here and you've been going to church for 10 years, it does not matter. Do you have a relationship with the Lord? I ask you, do you go to church? I said, do you have a relationship with the Lord? And if you don't, if you could just do me a favor and just wave your hand, just lift your hand in the air. If you would say that, I don't know Jesus. If you would be honest in this room, if you knew that you left out today, if you, you knew that you left out today, you wouldn't be with him forever. You could just raise your hand. Father, I pray for everybody in this room. We don't, we don't offer you the right praise. We just don't, Lord. Reality is we've scattered our praise between a couple of places. And we worship a couple of other things. Now, we won't, we won't come out and profess that. We won't say that. But our lives reflect that. The reason we can't give you and offer you the praise that you deserve based on Psalm 113 is because we're too busy during the week praising other stuff, including praising ourselves. So, Lord, I pray for every single person in this room that we would become praisers. It didn't matter where we were. Didn't matter what time of day it was. We would just remember how big you are. And now you didn't have to get close to us, but you decided to in Jesus. And you decided that you would pick us up from the dirt and the dust and the ash heap. May we remember this. And may that, if nothing else, can cause us to praise you. The fact that you saved us is enough. So Father, I pray, as we leave this room, oh God, I pray. You would rock our hearts. Rock our hearts to a place where we get uncomfortable to praise you. Not just here in 1542 Fulton Street. But Father, would you help our praise to go up and down Herkimer, up and down Fulton, and, and down Dean and, and, and up a uh, Troop? Let, let us be praisers no matter where we go. May we be marked by this. Father, our images have been so dis we've been in, we've had our images distorted through social media. People at work don't know we're believers. Father, change that. May we be known for professing praise in Jesus Christ. May that we're marked by. It's in Christ's name we give all glory. Let everybody say amen.